It's funny, I said to my father the other day, I said, um, I said, I have a question. Um, say you were driving now and you hit the car in front of you. Would you take that guy? No, that guy hit you. Would you take his insurance? This is one of them. I said, because we're all driving around with insurance now. The point is that he hits me according to my first time. Now you are new to this country. I'm asking because it's mad how we all buy insurance on our cars, but nobody will hit you and you will say, Give me your insurance. Even if you collect his insurance, what do you do with the insurance? Like, where do you take it to? It's the weirdest thing. Hi everyone, this is another episode of Cast. Uh, thank you for joining us today. My name is Wale Akombi, CTO Elahap. Um Today again, I have uh, my co-host. <laughs> I'll let her just take it for me. Hi guys, I'm back. <laughs> okay, so my name is TSC Lano. I am the head of Continent Communication. And thank you for having me again while I keep standing in for Aki. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, today we have someone very passionate and industrious and someone that has huge passion for um, startups and everything in between, right? I think that's a way I'll put it, but I'll let her just <laughs> do the intro herself. So I'll just give it back to you. Yes. Sure. So my name is Eloho Mame. I'm the managing director of Endeavor. Um, Endeavor supports scale-up stage companies in about 37 or so ecosystems, including Nigeria. Um, so we're in Kenya and a bunch of other, six other, four other African countries and a total of 38 um, what we call emerging ecosystems all over the world. I'm also um, co-founder of something called First Check Africa, which is trying to help um, female founders at the really early stages raise capital for tech ventures. Um, and in general, I'm outspoken about <laughs> startups, technology, women, funding, all of those things. Again, that was why I said everything in between. <laughs> everything in between. I had to put it there. Everything in between. Investments. <laughs> yes. So, I think we should just pick it from there, right? What actually led to you saying, no, I've had enough. We need to start this first check. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, so, let me start by saying what first check is. Okay. Great. So, we say that um, we are a women-led women-focused angel fund mm -hmm. and investor community. Mm -hmm. And we're called First Check okay. because, well, first of all, because our logo has two <laughs> check marks on it. But aside from that, because we really think that the premise on which we want to operate is a very simple thing. Okay. Um, what happens if you turn things a little bit on their head and you say to women who are already invested in technology and they're building careers in tech, um, here is some capital for you to take a very, very good idea and try and see if you can create some kind of minimum, minimum viable product from mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, if you can sort of spend that capital over, let call it, let's call it a three-month, maybe six-month window to really kind of intensely build something and mm -hmm. test it, um, does that change the odds around your ability to then go on to raise you know, much more significant capital mm -hmm. over time? Mm -hmm. What also happens if in that period um, we're working with you in a pretty intense way, not so much in that kind of accelerator style, but more sort of you know that you have people that will jump in and help you solve problems. You want to speak to, you know, the guys at Ella <laughs> Credit, hold on one second, I've got them on speed okay. down. Yeah, what right. happens if we have that level of um, focus on a small group of women? Mm -hmm. And can we sort of create um, effectively, uh, uh, what's the word, a multiplier effect around okay. this group of yeah. women so that in six months' time, say we fund six of them, mm -hmm. ideally six, but maybe four of them are then ready for some form of pre-seed funding, much more significant, right? At which point, again, we're back on the phones and mm -hmm. we're saying, guys, we've got this 500K, we've got this million dollar check that we're trying to fund. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Um, 
So that's the idea. Now, where did it come from? I think my co-founder is um, Odunwe Wini. So I suppose it comes first of all from the fact that Odu is sitting there going... That's our tech bro. That's tech bro. <laughs> so it comes a little bit from the fact that she's sitting there going, this is ridiculous, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, because I think she is... Well, first of all, she's she's outspoken on some of these mm-hmm. issues, which I think is admirable. But I always I always tease her and say, look, you're you a unicorn. Because if you look at the numbers, there are very few women that have actually raised, um, as part of a co-founding team, have actually raised more than a million dollars. I think the number is something like West Africa. I think Tech Point Africa said it's 10%. But interestingly, that 10% is over a 10-year period. So it's even people who went on to go and raise successive rounds. They still, 90% of them still are, are not able to accumulate more than a million. Sure. So... I think I always say to her, you're, you're, you're a unicorn, right? Mm-hmm. So when you see her on this panel, that panel, mm-hmm. etc., mm-hmm. part of it is because actually she's done a phenomenal thing yeah. in the context. But then, um, so th- she and I bonded sometime in October. I won't tell you the circumstances, <laughs> but we started talking about some of these gaps, these gender gaps in general. Um, and then we reached out to a couple of VCs and things like that. How do we kind of fix this? And I, I, I kind of empathize with the VC response a little bit, not completely, which was, you know, it's, it, some of the issues that they have is around finding the pipeline of women. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't agree necessarily, or neither would one I agree that it's because women are not ambitious enough or what have you. I think it's for whatever reason, sometimes, you know, maybe there's a confidence gap sometimes, maybe there's a level of complexity, maybe there's mm-hmm. that technology, what have you, that... And also, to be honest, I think there's a, sometimes... You see it also in finance as well, where sometimes... For cultural reasons, mm-hmm. women tend to stay away from certain I'll spaces. Be so, yeah, just overshadowed by right. Yeah. Um, you know, so things become male dominated, and that sort of perpetuates itself. So we said, well, okay, what if we, um, what if we're the face of an effort that then is supporting more women to, you know, to actually just reconsider their entrepreneurial mm-hmm. aspirations mm-hmm. and and really kind of think, look, it's it's we're in your corner, right? Visibly, how do we help you sort of take it to the point where, and how do we help you speak the language of? Of, of, of fundraising, mm-hmm. right? Which again, again, you know, I don't know if I think necessarily men speak it, but you know, guys, I was just saying to someone on Twitter, guys would just be talking, right? <laughs> they may not know what they're talking about, but it's fine. Yeah, confidence, <laughs> You right? know, it's that confidence yeah. thing. You know, it's the same thing that you, you know, you see stats about how women, um, women want to be 120% qualified for a role before and the average man is only 60% before he, mm-hmm. he, he, he will call, he will apply for yeah. that role. So I think all of that plays out. So we're saying, can we create a, a different energy mm-hmm. around around funding women. So that's that's kind of where where the idea came from. That was so, that quote about women want to be 120% qualified. Yeah. That has been my reality. It's, it's so true. weird. I had this conversation with a friend of mine and I was like, there's this something, something. I was like, I don't think I can do this. And she's like, why? Yeah. And I was like, because? Because there wasn't, there wasn't any valid reason. It was just the... It's just like, what if, what if I don't get it? Yeah. <laughs> or, or what if, <laughs> what if, if I get it? And then... I'm not the best at it. Right? And other, you have I'm, to be perfect. And you just have the to be, perfection yeah. For, yeah. for, yeah, I get that. We have that. And look, and I think there's many reasons why we have it. I think, I think some of it is also in the way that we bring up little girls. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we teach them to do their homework and cross mm-hmm. all the T's and get 100%. And, da, 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 and we kind of, you know, we grew up with that sort of... Um, desire to be excellent and desire to be perfect um but what i'm learning and i have to admit odun has been great for me with this is that one thing i think she's very very good at is this thing doesn't have to be 100 percent we can build it to maybe 95 percent over time but we can get going at 60 um and i think it's a culture that 
comes with, I guess, being in that startup environment as well. Um, so it's one that I've, I've, I've kind of learned from her. But I agree with you that it's a woman thing. Like, we, mm. we want to be perfect. Um, mm. Only wants to be perfect all the time. <laughs> like, 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 I think for me, right, it's just get started, right? And then you yeah. figure it out along yeah. the way. Yeah. So just like she said, right, they have to start from mm -hmm. that 60%, right? And then aspiring to actually get higher and yeah. better at it. Than in, in fact, right now, um, from what you said, I've seen like a, mid, a missing middle, right? That they are feeling. One, a lot of people actually get funded by family and friends first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, mm -hmm. they are taking the bet, mm -hmm. right? First check is taking the bet at that kind of instance. Mm -hmm. And then the missing part is also mentorship for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. First check is kind of like doing that. Yeah. So that's the, like the missing middle, which was one of the things I said in the very first episode. Yeah. That there's that mentorship gap. Yeah. Now, and then when you have mentors and nobody to kind of like cut you the first check, right? Family and friends are then it becomes really a, then it becomes a, a kind thing. of like an over mental situation. Exactly. It's like can I just have a bit of I have all the ideas, <laughs> I have all the knowledge, but I need to have a check. I quite like some money too. <laughs> so it's funny. One of the things that we said that seemed to be very controversial. I said, as far as I'm concerned, female African founders were over mentored or they're over mentored and underfunded. Yeah. True. And that's not to devalue mentorship, but it's saying you kind of need a little bit of both. Um, and there are lots of programs, well-meaning programs, that will say this mentorship program for female founders. And I'm like, where's the money? Like, let's give these women a bit of money. Yeah. So, yeah. Would you think the mentorship gap is pervasive around the ecosystem as a whole, though? Because apart, oh, from, first, sure. apart from First Check, even Endeavor, what you do is a lot of take the money, but mm -hmm. we give you the connections and the mentorship. So this mentorship is one of the things, it's part of like, from what I want to stood, is one of your... Like we're big on mentorship. Yeah, yeah just yeah. guiding like. Yeah. So I mean, I think I don't know. So I always try and separate the first check and the endeavor conversation. Let me tell you why. The endeavor focuses on founders that are what we call the scale up stage. Mm -hmm. By the time you get to a point where, and that usually means you raise a Series A, you're probably mm -hmm. you know about to raise a Series B or you're around there, right? Um, I think to a large extent, it's a different kind of relationship with a mentor that you need. I think what you probably need is a mentor that can help you think about things like um, breaking into a brand new market, okay. um, can, can help you be a little bit tactical there, for example, or can help you, um, one really interesting one that we've been working on recently is with a founder who's trying to convince a set of financial institutions that there's value in the product that, there is clearly value, but there's a cultural barrier around. Oh, okay. So the mentorship is around, look, how do you sell this product? And we had one of our mentors literally who incidentally is a bank CEO, say, come in and we'll break apart your entire deck, we'll break apart your whatever, whatever. I'm not changing your model, I'm not changing your economics, but let me tell you how to sell it. Oh, um, and you great. may or may not sell it to my bank, but go and, go and see if you can sell it that way, which I think is really interesting, right? And yeah, there's value in that, I suppose, at the really, really early stage too. What I struggle with a little bit is this, I think, back to the first checkpoint is we sort of decouple the mentorship. When we talk about female founders, I, I find that we decouple a little bit the capital for the men from the mentorship. Okay. So people will talk about programs and they'll say, oh, we're going to support female founders in Africa. Here's this mentoring program and they should come and spend six months in a boot camp. I'm like, let them build their businesses. <laughs> Give them a bit of money. Let them spend maybe one month in your boot camp. But like, you know, that six months that... By the way, six months in which she's also dealing with probably the fact that she's a mother, she's married, she probably has a full-time job. So, you know, sometimes these demands on, on the time can be very costly for women as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in general, we just want to sort of lower the risk, right? So say to women, you know what, it's okay. Just 
we'll always pick women that we, we believe we can trust and are gritty and will make the money work. But it's, it's really money to test the idea, right? So if you'd also notice the check sizes are not huge because there's, you know, you kind of have to de-risk it that way. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I'm hoping that, I think we'll be really excited by what comes out. I think exactly. it's just going to... I think you're already excited. Well, yeah. I guess what I mean is, I think if you roll for 12 months, touch wood, there will be, and that's all we need, right? Um, around role models. I think yeah. there will be two, three, four women. And you're like, oh, okay. And that's really all we're trying to catalyze. That is interesting, actually. So, one of the things I noticed was that, so you're personally big on self-improvement, self-development. This is just from my many Twitter, you know, conversations. I'm just looking through. Um, so what was the, so you, I've seen that over time you've kind of encouraged people to read certain books mm-hmm. or kind of share your book list that you're mm-hmm. struggling to get through and everything. Uh-huh. What is I started called? my favorite book yesterday, by the way. You did. <laughs> what is it called? I'm, I'm the only one in the world who has not read Atomic Habits. So Atomic Habits oh, is my, wow. favorite, my favorite book. You've not Second. read it. Huh? I'm no. not. It's crazy. Oh, like wow. I must be the only person left on the planet. I'm even ashamed. That's strange. That I'm actually embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. That, so I'm finally reading it. So what is the what is the one book or one quote or maybe both that have kind of resonated with you through the many stages of Aloha? Because I'm sure they're oh, different. Ah, many stages. I don't know. Um, <laughs> one quote that I'm thinking about a lot lately, which is probably going to be a little bit predictable, um, but it was one by. I'm told that it is it is attributed to Sarah Blakely, who is the CEO of Spanx. Okay. Um, I don't know, because every time I attribute a quote to somebody, somebody else shows up saying, that's not the person that said it. So I'm like, sorry. So it's attributed to her. Um, but she says, um, women in power and women with money are two uncomfortable ideas in our society. And I found it really, I, haven't, I, I, saw, I came across it about six months ago, and I thought, eh, and I've been noodling on it for a while. Um, and then when I started kind of, I guess, it's interesting when you're in a headspace, you see lots of little things. And I started seeing a few financial platforms, mm-hmm. like a business called Elvest, another one called Basis, that are really about just money for women. So Elvest is about investing and bank accounts and all of that stuff. Basis, I was chatting with the founder of Basis, it's an Indian startup. And she was telling me how she built the community first on Facebook, and then they took it into their app. And I said, um, they said something like, oh, we tried a few things. <laughs> and you may not like this, but we tried a few things. And they started off by including men in the community. And they found that the women just stopped talking <laughs> because the men would dominate the conversation. <laughs> so she says, now you can open our app, you can download it. But the conversation piece, they don't let men join the conversation. Oh, wow. I found really interesting because she was saying now they find that the women are a little bit more uh, em- boldened around their yeah. risk appetite and things like that. So that's one that I've kind of been noodling around. And I, and I, I guess the, the precursor for that thought for me was um, I'm really learning a lot about, um, and I'll stop in a minute, but I'm really learning a lot about gender smart product design. Okay. Um, and this idea that there is a way or a better way to design financial products so that they are just a little bit they help you, they're better with helping you acquire female customers. So if you think about a lot of the financial products, and I don't know the solution yet because I'm still learning, but if you think about a lot of the financial products that we have today, um, you know, if you talk to 
people, I'm sure you you know this too, you'll see that most of your users or many of your users are, are probably predominantly men. I think sometimes they're a bit different for credit products. Sometimes is what I'm hearing. But, you know, investing apps, for example, I think it's something like 30% women. And I think that's true. I won't mention the two, but I checked the two or three of them and it's roughly true. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's always really interesting. And so they say sometimes you can design products so that they're a little bit more appealing. And I don't know quite what that design looks like, but I'm really curious about it. I'm curious too. Yeah. I'm yeah sure like I, I think for us, there, there are a couple of things that we saw, right? We saw that um, women, women actually pay better. <laughs> yeah, I hear that a lot too. Like, they, they do so so diligently that yeah. they don't want to miss out on anything yeah. like they just don't want to be in the bad books mm -hmm. and that's one thing that i've seen over and over again yeah again talking um on this panel um on this aws panel mm -hmm. i also saw that our, our impact mostly has been like family-wide mm -hmm. actually came from women right mm -hmm. so they kind of like say you gave us this and we're able to cater for our kids mm -hmm. and the rest of family and they're not shy to kind of like admit that and that's one thing that we really really um enjoyed and it's one thing that um we're so proud of actually. yeah Something it's amazing over and over again it's amazing so when i hear things like oh you know women are not good with money i'm like yeah <laughs> so um for me i i think the next question i have is um last year last year yeah last year okay. uh, a lot of things happened mm. and uh, I think I'll start from the very first one, which is personally, right? So personally for you, um, what was like the key thing that you kind of learned um, 2020? Um, I would say 2020 for me taught me to be a better leader and okay. a better manager mm -hmm. mm. Um, because it forced me to slow down. It also, so I'm quite, <laughs> my poor team, um, I'm quite like... Um, I'm very sort of results driven and I think that's okay, but I also think there's a balance. And I think what 2020 forced me to do was to remember that because it just rammed it down everybody's throats because mm -hmm. we were all working remotely. Um, there was, I remember at the beginning around March, every other article was about, oh, check in on your people, check in your people, emotional days. I'm like, yeah, why not check in on, you know, that kind of thing. So I had that whole thing where it really forced me to just actually just slow down. But then also I think 2020, required each of us to check in on ourselves. And I think that process as well. A lot of self-reflection. A lot of self-reflection. And I think it just made me generally a better, I hope my team will agree, I think it made me just generally a better manager and a better leader. Um, so that would be my big, big, big 2020 learning um, as on a personal level. Okay, so I think um, work-wise, right? Mm -hmm. um, beyond 2020, like what are those major um, mistakes that again you've oh, listened to a lot of founders yeah. a lot of um, people running companies and all of those what are those major mistakes that or challenges that you've seen that people kind of like face all the time as founders or as individuals uh, both both yeah well, I don't know. Tuesday was just saying something about how I'm big into personal. Let me tell you my own challenges. Let me tell you the challenges I have. Um, I think so. Again, a little bit coming out of 2020. One thing that looking ahead, I want to sort of incorporate. So it's funny where I think we're all in a phase now where we're saying, well, how much of this 2020 mm -hmm. experience? Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of don't want to throw the good out with the bad. So how much of what I learned in 2020 or mm -hmm. saw in 2020 am I going to take into? 2021 and beyond um and so i think people are kind of reevaluating. for example even things like 
teams working remotely. Mm-hmm. I think we were all terrified at the beginning. I remember a few conversations with founders, ah, I got my team work, I don't know, how will I be able to check what everybody is doing? <laughs> and then you kind of spend a year with people working, you know, people who can, working significantly remotely or mostly remotely. And then you realize that, um, you know, whether or not you physically see somebody doesn't really have anything to do with, well, doesn't have much to do with how ultimately productive they are. Yeah. So I think, um, or, on what I'm seeing from a lot of the founders in general in and outside Nigeria is just much more comfort with this idea of, you know, remote teams, remote working and all of those things. I think that's an obvious one. For me, the flip side of that is that I, I've come to a place where I'm looking constantly for ways to this whole remote dynamic, I think is a great, great kind of example or pathway into living lives where you can be a little bit you know people talk about things like work-life balance Mm -hmm. and they usually talk about it in the context of families and things like that but i think there can be you can have a work-life imbalance even as a single woman or a single man without a family and i think this remote dynamic is really interesting because we were forced into this remote dynamic and it's proven to us that you know you can probably manage to figure out your productivity and all of those things i actually found it the other way around i found that remote working made me not have work-life balance because you wake Did, up, yeah. your, your laptop is on, you go to sleep, yeah. but like 10 p.m. you're like, oh yeah, that thing. And it got to a point where I was like, no, no, I, I need to give myself, I actually had to not give myself work-life balance from. So what did you, how did you do that? At some point, I just turned off my laptop. Like, I just closed it. Yeah. And I watched mindless... People think, just mindless TV. Yeah. And I hear... Bring, bring, bring. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like itching skin. It's yeah. like, no. It's still a struggle. I won't say I've mastered it. Because yeah. anytime I'm working remotely, I find myself waking up early, going to bed like 2 a.m. Mm. Ask me what I did up. Most of the time, it just be like, laptop time. But then, how productive was Can that? Can I ask lap- you a question? Yeah. Do you tend to be somebody who... Overworks anyway. We don't need to offer answers now. <laughs> <laughs> Just offer because my sense is that it's sounding like you're somebody who probably would work to two a.m. anyway. <laughs> well, before you know, when you're at work, you get home at whatever time. Exactly. So, so that you forces you to take a break, and then you get home, you're tired, and you just go sleep. But now, just like I'm already at home. So. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's. I think it's just the. You're right, though. It's the fact that. 2020 is forcing us to just reevaluate a lot of things. Lot so of not everything was bad. Yeah. And there are a lot of good. There's if you take time, there's a lot of good, mm-hmm. both for ourselves, even for work. Mm-hmm. You're finding like Ella developed new products there. It's like Ella Care came out, we're like, okay, how do we care for ourselves, also care for other people? Yeah. And we're like, oh, insurance, but like subsidized insurance that people can get. Mm-hmm. So it was just forcing to evaluate everything from your personal to your business model to mm-hmm. your products and just Kind of carrying people along, sir. But you know, one thing you said um, just when you started speaking just then was um, good and bad in terms of work-life balance. Yeah. But I think you know, I think you're spot on, right? Because you're right. What happened for me, at least personally, at the beginning, was exactly that. Yeah. You're at your desk, and the next thing you look up is dark, <laughs> and then you kind of keep going for another four hours, and you look up, and it's two a.m. Right? Yeah. Um. So one thing that I did do quite a bit of was actually researching how to just because you know what we forgot and i think it took again you know everything this press was always the same the press i think had its cycles but what a lot of us forgot was that there were people who had always kind of worked remotely right and they were the experts and the leaders on how to work remotely and so they were the ones that started telling us 
Okay, so when they when we all scrambled for about three months, okay, guys, <laughs> what you do now is you organize your working area. <laughs> Next time block, <laughs> you know. So I think all of that. It was nice, I think, to just see yeah. the whole community of people who are used to kind of working in certain ways effectively educate the rest of us. Yeah, which was nice. Huh. Coming from the twenty twenty thing and mm. so many other stuff, like. Ah, to reward yourself last year was like the most, Ooh. the biggest thing that you bought. Oh. Okay, Vanessa, you're going to have to tell me what you did to reward yourself. Thank you. <laughs> I have been waiting for someone to ask me that question. I'll tell you, but you have to tell because me. Because it's asked different people that he never tells me, and I'm really intrigued. To reward myself last year, I don't know. Um, I'll tell you what I'm doing. Okay, I'll tell you what I did last year and what I'm doing this year. So this year, I'm, I'm, I'm going away. Mm-hmm. One thing that I like to reward myself with is actually lots of alone time and me time. Mm-hmm. And I like to do it in remote places. So I really like things like, um, uh, you know, go somewhere on a random kind of safari week or two weeks. Mm-hmm. Don't actually come out and see any of the animals. But, <laughs> you okay, know, no. there's the outdoors and there's the whatever. I mean, I'm okay yeah. with animals, but that's actually not why I go. I go for the remoteness, especially yeah. in places like Southern Africa. So I'm hoping to do that this year with a friend of mine, actually a colleague of mine. She's the MD of Endeavor Kenya. So she lives in Kenya. Oh, so okay. we're planning sort of, you know, Ooh. a couple of weeks. Where. So I said, where can I go that? There will be a little bit of internet, but not much. She said, oh, I've got you. <laughs> so I'm doing that. But last year, my favorite thing that I did to reward myself, I don't know, I didn't do it. My husband did it. Was um, We bought a puppy. Oh. Um, so we spent a lot of last year raising a puppy which was lovely that was the perfect time to get a puppy (laughs) and you know that's the biggest thing i beat myself up for because so i've had dogs all my life and i'm like all my friends dogs are now my dogs i've just inherited them and i was like oh i'm gonna get a puppy and none of nobody was selling a puppy it was towards the end of like the lockdown back to work and everybody's like i have puppies so i'm like i don't have time and i feel like you need time to raise and because i like training my dogs myself yeah so i can't just like then nobody's going to feed them. Uh, no, 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 no. So to be honest, that was why we did it then. Um, because before, I mean, you know, um, my husband had had dogs before, before we got married, but he, he was always like, I'm not training any dog. I'm not training any dog. And I was like, ah, it's <laughs> always going to train this dog. Um, and then we were all at home. And then I think about a month in, we were like, well, yeah, let's get this dog. <laughs> so it was the kind of getting up, you know, getting up twice at night. Mm-hmm. And he's never really trained dogs, so he's always had dogs outside. Okay. And I've always had indoor dogs. So it was also this thing of, oh, we have to take the dog out twice, so we'll get up at 2 a.m., get up at 6 a.m. After a while, he's like, eh. <laughs> it's not what this thing is like. You stay your dog by yourself. <laughs> but, you know, that's like the first, first eight weeks, and then it was fine. Um, what so breed did you get? He's a French bulldog. His name is Bailey. <laughs> He's so a black cute. French bulldog. He's very sweet. Okay, Wally, what did you get? Yeah, how did you get um, So I was about to like do a getaway, right? <laughs> no, I was watching <laughs> you from the corner of my eye. And then lockdown happened. And oh. I couldn't really go anywhere. So I just had to stay. Where were you going to go? Um, I was going to tell the whole, like you. Um, very nice. Maybe Europe. The whole of that place, go around and all those before Brexit and all those kicked in, right? So (laughs) early um, 2020 was just to move around the whole of Europe and then experience culture, experience food. I know, like, they they are not very big on food or whatever, but at least to kind of like see the culture, see so many other places. But again, 2020 happened, right? Will you go this year? 
Um, no. <laughs> I'm looking at him because he's saying this. I'm like, really? You'd yeah. have thought you'd have left Ella and just oh, like yeah, talk. That no. sounds like, <laughs> like what, that sounds like what start of founders. <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> well, that's I'm what I was looking at him like. Really? Of Europe, really? Then, a week before that, like, I'm just you know, I'm really, I'm, I'm busy. Yeah, I have it sounds like do. something that's nice to say. I, I think it's just um, again, it's time management, right? Yeah. Looking at like. Okay, I'll be out from this time to this time, mm. and then I'll be back by this time. And then from that time, I'll kind of work for this number of hours, then next day I'll still go out again. So How long were you planning management. to go for? Um, two months. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's that why I really experience. don't believe this. Two no. months, Kuali. <laughs> two months. <laughs> honestly, I, I was planning for two months. And... I'm going to tell Emmanuel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> honestly, like... Emmanuel listen to the podcast. He does, but I'll tell him specifically. <laughs> so this year... Um, Again, it's going to be limited, but again, looking at COVID and yeah. um, the breakthrough that we are seeing and all of those, yeah. I'm still not giving up. I'm still optimistic. But you know, the thing is, two months is a great length, to be honest, because yeah. it usually takes you a week or two to settle mm-hmm. into, mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm, now exactly. I'm relaxed. Do you exactly. know what I mean? And True. then only then is the holiday happening. So when yeah. people no, go for no. two week holiday, I'm like, eh. <laughs> I was like, the average African is like, yeah. 10 days. 10 days. So yeah. the yeah. first three days, they're like, seen everything. Yeah. Yeah, so the last time I had to get to it was like 2019, right? Yeah. I had to like tour um, Washington, the whole of yeah. Washington, and then Very see. Nice. But 2020 happened, and yeah, there was nothing. Oh, 2020. So I think that was it. <laughs> So you believe me now. 2019, Ugh. I did, had to get away, but 2020, yeah. I couldn't. So one anxiety that I've come out of, speaking of traveling, the one thing that's not so good that I've come out of 2020 with is a little bit sort of travel anxiety. Mm-hmm. Really? So I'm so nervous about getting on. I have not been on a plane since February. So I went, in fact, we were on a work trip to Riyadh mm-hmm. for some of our selection panels that we do. And I remember being with a colleague and we were about to board a flight from Riyadh to Dubai to start coming back. And we got an email saying the flight was cancelled because of COVID. So we had to quickly, it was an Emirates flight, so we had to quickly find one other of those other regional yeah. airlines to get us into Dubai and then go back. And then now, and everything else started shutting down after yeah. that. But ever since then, I've just panicked because I'm just thinking, eh. <laughs> you know that Lagos airport? No, what if I get stuck? That Lagos airport? Then they say something COVID. I was asking somebody that. So, when you flew, what was it like? What was it like? <laughs> <laughs> and they always look at me and I'm crazy, but I swear I'm terrified. Mm. And then somebody was telling me how it was British Airways. On their way out of Lagos, it was okay because the flight wasn't very full or something. Mm-hmm. And then they were coming back and it was literally seat to seat. So I'm like, hey, so they're not separating. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I'm not sure I'm ready, I'm ready for that. I think mine is just the cost. There is like, I had friends just traveled recently and now COVID test before you go out. Mm. COVID test when you get there. COVID test, I'm like, so you went to... You went, went for 10 days. You went for 10 days. So you just like... When they went to... they like Maybe like the ticket was like 100k. Mm-hmm. They, they went to family and friends. Like maybe they spent an extra 50k. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so you spent half of that doing COVID yes. tests. No, like because not. I don't have other things to spend my money. You know the other reason I don't trust traveling, and I maybe I shouldn't say this on the podcast, is I started hearing stories about three months ago of people who had out of Nigeria who had fake tests and I just thought let me just like <laughs> hold on a little just bit because like, I'm terrified yeah okay so what is for someone that's I'm really bad at saving I am so bad um this is one of the things this is my 2021 goal 
is to invest in three different things that will yield me okay. like at least 10%. Like I just want to start small. 10% over the year? Let's just start there. Okay. <laughs> like I'm so bad that I take this money, I'm like savings. And then before I know it, it's like, it's so. So what is your saving technique? Because you're big on saving and investing. Uh-huh. And recently we're talking a lot about crypto. So does that go <laughs> Don't save hand? your money in crypto. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I was talking about crypto and saving. <laughs> no, but as an investor. Hey, okay, but well, no saving. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, so saving, I try to. So I try and automate my savings as much as possible. Okay. Um, and so I guess there are different ways you can do it. You can sort of artificially do it. You can do it like mm-hmm. formally or, or with tech. Um, so I have to admit, I use my usual GTB and whoever else and I just have a discipline so I just have an alert on my phone and I know that you know I, well I know how much I earn and every month I know how much you know I know how much yeah. I'm, I'm sweeping into savings so I do that automatically I never leave money in a just in a savings account a lot of people do that um, and for off you know because of inflation it's just yeah. a really really bad way to save um, so you know I always try not to discourage people from actually saving at all because mm-hmm. it's important but I you know I very quickly try and save please don't just leave your money in your savings account. Like invest it in different. Yeah, so even if, you know, and there are lots of simple ways, right? It could be just a piggy vest account, for example. I think they just announced that they um, disbursed 95 billion or something since they started. So, you know, and I think they have this great trust. They have great users that respect them, all of those mm. things. So I think, you know, there are lots of different apps that people can use just to earn a return on their savings. Like an Ella Note, for we example. We have Ella Note. <laughs> like an Ella Note. Ella Note. Very, very, very good. Good. Thing I was we have a very, very good Good. Yeah. So we should more talk. than the 10% that you were. Oh, no, 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 right? We have next. more than the 10%. Good. I was going next. Yeah, what are says my money is not there. Please don't. That 10% is okay, Shavon. Like, it's better than nothing, but, you know. So, yes, good. So, like, Ella Note, I think that's where I was headed next. I was going to say, you know, it's important, I think, to look at interest rates and things like that. In terms of where to invest, how to invest, I think... Um, so investing so I think a lot of people don't actually realize that they're already investors or they should already be investors if they've been working you know for a reasonable amount of time etc and what I mean by that is there's um, retirement accounts that will have your money oh, yeah. taken out yeah, and will be in the retirement account so you have an investment account somewhere if you've worked mm. um, if you've ever worked in an organization I believe it's sort of five staff or something that they'll take the money out and put it into mm-hmm. so you have that um, I think you know, that's always really, really important. Um, retirement savings, in retirement investing in general, a lot of people tend to overestimate, underestimate rather. And then you get to a point where, I don't know, you're 40, 15 years, you yourself, ah, man, or more, I've got another 10 years, 15 years to quickly figure out how, what I'm going to live on at 65, 70. That's so scary. Um, so it is important, I would say, to just even just think about things like retirement savings. And for me, as a young person, that's one of the reasons why I might favor picking companies that, for example, have more than five staff, right? Um, and have a good reputation and things like that because you know that they'll take the money out, they will make the deposits on your behalf and you'll build that up. Um, so that's important. I think the other thing I do is I do, um, I do a few, personally I do a lot of, not a lot of, I do a few ETFs. Um, I tend to do dollar ETFs quite a okay. bit. Um, I usually do those, at the moment I'm really liking the Bamboo app. Um, you know, I think it's a nice place just to sort of pick a few ETFs and see how they're performing. But the reason I like them is because obviously there's not a lot of decision around them. Okay. Um, you just sort of pick a few exchange traded funds that are managed by, you know, you can pick uh, 
those were Vanguard ones, which are the biggest ones. Or you can pick, everyone loves this woman called Kathy Wood at the moment who does ARK Invest ETFs, which is all your tech and this and the other. <laughs> no problem. Um, I don't know that. I don't have many individual stocks that I own. Okay. But I have a small number of companies I really, really like. I'm trying to get a bit more into individual stock investing, but with all humility, because I don't think that, I think most people, if you're not going to spend all your time researching companies and this and the other, the chances that you will outperform mm -hmm. the market, I think, are pretty slim. Sure. Okay. Um, so that's the way I invest. I have, and then I do a little bit of startups. I do a little bit of, and again, this is, I, so I started from lower risk all the way up, right? Okay. Um, crypto. Hmm. So crypto, so I, I like, <laughs> I'm always really nervous because I'm like, don't put all your money in crypto. But I, I think it's a really interesting opportunity for, well, I think it's a really interesting opportunity to build some kind of wealth. I think it's risky. Um, but the reason I kind of like it is because I think at the moment we're watching the infrastructure for finance being built, right? And I think it's like, I, I sort of always liken it to somebody having said to you in the very, very early days of the internet, come and invest in this company that was private, hadn't yet gone into full public mode, um, like Google or Facebook, mm -hmm. and trust me, it'll power the internet. And then you're like, eh, I don't know, eh, it's risky. That's kind of where I am with crypto in that I think it's, it's really a way to just be a part of where finance is moving in general. But I do think there's a lot of risk. Okay, so I, I think um, to round off, um, what are like two things that you can't live without? Ooh, uh, two things I cannot live without <laughs> are my phone, I'm embarrassed to say. Okay. Um, I'm on my phone quite a lot. Um, and it's everything from, I do everything on my phone, so I listen to quite a few podcasts there on my phone. Um, I chat with people on my phone. Mm -hmm. I look at Twitter on my phone. You know, so I'm quite attached to my phone. And maybe I should just broaden that to devices in general. So my laptop okay. on my phone. The other thing I cannot leave is going to sound really, really cheesy. But I'm married to my best friend. Okay. And so I couldn't live without my husband. He um we do everything together. Nice. We have the same sense of humor. We think the same things about people. <laughs> so you know, people like me that single I'm just crying. I'm fine. Um, yeah. It's like God went. If I had to pick two things, those are the two things I would pick. Yeah. That is what would you amazing. pick? You keep asking me these questions. What would you pick? Um, I'd say internet. Yeah. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And my family. It's just that. My, yeah. my little daughter and my wife. Oh, yeah. How old is your daughter? Um, one plus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wish the are the best. Congratulations on your daughter. Congratulations on both of you. <laughs> 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 Lovely family. <laughs> <laughs> um, seeing as I don't have a love of my life, um, I would say, honestly, books. Mm. I read, and this is the thing though, I read a lot of novels. Mm. I don't read a lot of other you know, books. Novels are great though. I really love novels, so I can't so I can't live without my Kindle or my phone. And another thing I couldn't live without is music. Mm. I could not like a world without music is just ooh, yeah. no. Just why. So music and books. I admire people that like music in the way you just described, but I've just never had I feel as if I want to be someone that loves music. But I yes. I'm actually fine to have like complete silence. I can move through the world in complete Do silence. Do you know, I could, I remember the times when I couldn't sleep 
remember doing my A-levels then and I just studying everything. Music, just, there's some songs that forever be etched in my memory just because music had to go on through the night. Just nice. sleeping, Ooh, yeah, music. Okay. And then hopefully, Mita will say, my, my, my best friend. <laughs> so, which would you drop them, books or music? Because <laughs> the question was two things. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> I'll probably drop books. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Right, uh, unfortunately, we've run out of time. I think it feels like we should just continue. Right? I know, right? <laughs> Seems like it's a very great chat. Um, so, our, from Toyasi. Bye, guys. Till uh, next time. And from our very, very good guest. Uh, Thank you for having me. This has been fun. It's been um, a great one, guys. Download our app, invest, pay your bills. And um, we're there for you when you need um, credit the most. Very nice. Thank you so much. Follow us on all social media um, platforms. And see you in the next one. Thanks. Bye.